بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وبارك على الأشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين نبينا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه إلى اليوم الدين عما بعد الحمد لله we have some uh, upper mention of the nusus in relation to the haq of the zawj, the rights of the husband upon the wife. And it begins, I know it begins in this chapter in uh, Riyadh al-Salihin, he mentions the ayah where Allah Ta'ala states, Ar-Rijalu qawwamun ala nisa'i bima faddalullahu ba'duhum ala ba'du bima anfaqu min amwalihim. فَالصَّالِحَاتُ الْقَانِتَاتُ حَافِظَاتُ لِلْغَيْبِ بِمَا حَفِظَهُ اللَّهِ حَافِظَاتُ لِلْغَيْبِ بِمَا حَفِظَ اللَّهِ And so Allah Ta'ala mentions that the men have been given authority over the women by that which Allah Ta'ala has virtued or at the state or given virtue or some of others and by that which they have spent by way of their wealth. And so the righteous, submissive, God and those who guard the chastity and guard the secrets of those that which Allah Ta'ala ordained for that to be guarded. Likewise, Anawi, rahimahullah, he mentions the ayah, or the hadith rather, of Amr ibn Ahwas. And the hadith of Abi Huraira, radiallahu anhu, qaad qar rasulullahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, idha da'a rajul imra'atuhu ila farashi, falam ta'tih, فبات غضبا وغضبان عليها لعنتها الملائكة حتى تصبح حديث متفق عليه وفي الرواية إذا باتت امرأة حاجرة فراش زوجها لعنتها الملائكة حتى تصبح and so this narration mentions Abi Huraira by narration of Abi Huraira anhu, he mentions that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu stated that if a man calls his wife to the bed and she does not come and thus he goes to sleep angry with her then the Malaika curse her until she wakes up in the morning. This is a hadith mutafakan alayhi. Wafir riwaya, another word in, if a woman sleeps or goes to sleep whilst forsaking the bed of her husband, then the malaika, likewise, who curse her until she wakes up in the morning. Now,
And so this, this particular text are important in terms of establishing the affair that we've been discussing throughout these rules. And that's the affair of the father that has been given to the husband, the virtue that has been given to the husband, as well as the authority of the husband within the home. As we mentioned previously, the husband within the home is the leader of the home, and so thus has the authority. And as opposed to what we see now, when it comes to the manner in which, or the attitude towards the husband, or the attitude towards the spouse, the relationship between spouses, where they will say they're equal. Such an understanding of that is erroneous. Just as you cannot have equals when it comes to running the land, running the country, in the state, you cannot have equals when it comes to the organization of the household. And that's Allah Ta'ala states in the ayah, Al-Rijalu, Qawwamun, Al-Nisa. Allah Ta'ala, He mentioned that the Rijal, the men, have been given authority over the women. And thereafter, Allah Ta'ala mentions the seven of the reason why the men have been given authority over the women. By way of His statement, Tabarakwa Ta'ala, by way of that which Allah has given virtue and presence to some over others. Meaning, as Sheikh Al-Fami mentions, And so this due to the fact that the men, they have precedence over the women in certain affairs. For example, in terms of aqal, the uqul, in terms of deen, in terms of ability, in certain things, and in terms of kuwa, yani physical strength. That the men are not the same as the women. That the men have been given authority over the women or have been given precedence over the women in this affair. So if we're talking about, for example, now the aqal, now the intellect, then when it comes to the intellect of the men, as we understand, with the shahada of the man, is sufficient. One shahada of the man is sufficient. Whilst when it comes to the shahada of the woman, then it's in need of two. The witness of the witness of the woman is in need of two. Whilst the witness of the man is in need of one. As for the fadl when it comes to deen, then the man, he is upon ibadah, and it's upon him, I from a strong part from a student called Balik, yeah, he enters puberty, then it's upon him to perform ibadah every single day of his life. Naam until the day of his death. And so he's consistently upon ibadah. And there's no there's no gap and there's no break in that. As for the woman, then of course there are times when she will not perform ibadah. In terms of when she is on the menses. Now if the woman is hired, the woman is experiencing her menses, then at that particular point in time, she will not be able to pray. In that particular point in time, she will not be able to fast, either fast of Ramadan. 
In that particular point in time, you're not able to perform some of the masat, the manasik al hajj, some of the rites of hajj or umrah. And so, what we understand from this, barakallahu fiqum, is that first and foremost, first and foremost, before all else, that the men, as we said, they are upon ibadah at every single point in time. As for the women, then this is, they, have, they may have some sort of breakage in that due to the hayd on the fast, the menstruation or postnatal bleeding. And when it comes to the affair of the fasting, then now, the woman, she makes up the fast at a later date if it's due to her postnatal bleeding. As for the, the, the salah, then this is not something that's made up. Now, it's not something that she makes up after that. And so thus, even if you just account the amount of prayers that the man was to do during the day or during the month, then of course it will be more than the woman. When it comes to Sheikh Mashkin, I the strength, and this is something which is understood. This is something which is ma'aluk, well understood and known, that the men, yani in general, have greater physical strength than women. And so due to that physical strength that the men possess, this is a reason for them being in authority over the household. Now, and so we understand as the Shaykh wasn't to mention, was sharia kullaha adam. Dirty kullaha ahadin maestahikkuhu bimaktadafid fadli. And so the sharia, all of it is upon adam. Now, there's justice in the Sharia in totality. And so, anything that is, any judgment that is made or any legislation that you find within the Sharia is upon justice. And everyone is given the Sharia and legislates for everyone, for everything and everyone, what they are deserving of. And so if Allah has given that degree and virtue of the men over the women in the particular affairs, then due to this, then we will say that this is why they have been given that authority over them. And likewise, when it comes to the affair of the men, then the men, no doubt, they are more befitting and better to be the head of state and in charge of the state over the women. It's due to the hadith, as we know, Muna hadith found in Sahih Bukhari, in which the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned, لَنْ يَفْلِحْ قَوْمًا وَلَوْ عَمْرَهُمْ إِمْرَأَةً that a people will not be successful whilst they have a woman in charge of them and authority over them. And so this is what we understand from this ayah about the people in relation to them. Thereafter, we have the mention of the hadith of Abi Huraira, عنه, 
which Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam states, إِذَا دَعَا الرَّجُلِ إِذَا دَعَا الرَّجُلِ مِمْرَأَتُهُ إِلَى فَرَاشِهِ فَأَبَتْ عَلَيْهِ لَأَنَتْهَا لَأَنَتْهَا الْمَلَائِكَةَ حَتَّى تُسْلِحِ And so if a man calls his wife to the bed and she refuses, then the malaika, the malaika will curse her until she wakes up in the morning. As in this narration, narration to the la'an, by the clerks of the malaika, يعني أنها تدعو على هذه المرأة باللعنة. And so, when I mentioned that the malaika, نعم, تل أنها, and the malaika curse her, then this is the malaika making dua against her. Meaning the dua, the malaika making dua against her. And this dua specifically asking for the la'na to be upon her, and for the curse to be upon her. What I understand from the la'na itself is the tarud wal ibad and rahmatillah. And the la'na itself is when it comes to the rejection and being distanced away from the rahmah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. فَإِذَا دَعَاهَا إِلَى فَرَاشِ يَسْتَمْتِعْ بِهَا بِمَا أَذِنَ اللَّهِ لَهُ فِيهِ فَأَبَتْ أَنْ تَجِئْ فَإِنَّهَا فَإِنَّهَا تَلْعَنَهَا الْمَلَائِكَةِ وَإِيَذُ بِاللَّهِ أي تدعو عليها باللعنة إلى أن تصبح And so if the husband intends to enjoy his wife and he intends to have relations with the wife. And so that's calls her to the bed. Then, and she refuses. Then in this scenario as mentioned, the malaika make dua for the latna to be upon her, the curse to be upon her, wa iyadu billah. Dua be made that the curse be upon her until she wakes up. And so, thereafter, as well, you have the next wording, the second wording, that mentions, أَنَّهَا إِذَا حَجَرَتْ فَرَاشْ إِذَا حَجَرَتْ الْفَرَاشْهَا أَوْ فَرَاشْ زَوْجِهَا فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ تَعَالَى يَغْضَبْ عَلَيْهَا حَتَّى يَرْضَ عَنْهَا زَوْجِهَا And so, in, you have a wording as well mentioning that if she was to forsake I leave off the bed of her husband. Then the malaika, or rather Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, will be angered with her until, until her husband is pleased with her. لِأَنَّ اللَّهِ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى إِذَا سَفَتْ بِنَسَخْتِهِ أَعْظَمْ بِلَعْنَةِ الْإِنسَانِ So this is even more, this is even more severe. 
as the stature of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is worse than that of the creation. The first generation mentioned the, the displeasure of the Malaika. And so thus, due to their displeasure, the Malaika make dua against the wife, the woman, forsaken the bed of her husband. And so this word is referring to the anger of Allah and the displeasure. And so, no doubt, this is even more, even more severe upon the woman, the individual woman. Now, and so, what we understand from this, brother, brother, people, from this particular wording and these, these ahadith, is that the affair of marriage itself, from the goals of marriage, is that it aids the individual when it comes to the ghazal basar. It aids the individual to lower the gates. From the goals of marriage, Likewise, is that it is a means of protection. Protecting the individual from a zina. From the goals of marriage, likewise, is that it brings about offspring, many children. And so, in each, each of these three of these ahdaf and these particular goals of marriage mentioned. The main thing that aids this and the, the, the main reason in order for these goals to be to be achieved is the relations between the husband and wife, the marriage relation between husband and wife. And so it's not befitting that the spouse rejects this being fulfilled. For indeed, no doubt, like anything we do, we seek to attain the goals of that action. And marriage is no different. We are seeking to attain the goals of marriage and the greater benefits of marriage. So, when the Prophet informs us that if a man was to see an individual that please, that is pleasing to him coming from a, a woman, that he should go home and have relations with his wife, and this is better for him. This is an this is a direct and how a person should deal with whatever fitan he finds when outside the home. And how he should be receptive to those fitter. However, if the man finds that his wife rejects his advances, then no doubt this is now a scenario which has prevented him from fulfilling his desires in a manner which is halal. Likewise, if the wife rejects the husband, I own the husband calls the wife to the bed, then this no doubt will become an affair or make the affair of him lowering his gaze harder for him. The relationship between the spouses, barakalafikum, is one where the husband should be doing whatever he can to aid the wife in getting closer to Allah and attaining Jannah. 
And vice versa, the wife should do whatever she can in aiding the husband to get closer to Allah and attain in Jannah. It shouldn't be an action where the person is speaking about their own selves only and what they want. Rather, the affair of marriage is one of sadaqa, one of friendship and companionship. And just as we would want for our companions to be from those that are mustaqim, upright, and be from essentially the inhabitants of Jannah, this would want for our spouses. So we should be able to aid them, we should be doing whatever we can to aid them in order to do that. And so in the scenario, as mentioned in these narrations, where the wife rejects the husband calling her to the bed, or the wife forsakes the bed of the husband, then this is not aiding him in getting closer to Allah and staying away from the muharramat. Which essentially is the goal of marriage when all is said and done. Likewise, when the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentions Zawaj al Wudur al Wulu, in the Makati Rikum Yom al Qiyam, Makati Rikum al Ambiya Yom al Qiyam, marry the loving, childbearing woman, for indeed I will boast of great numbers from amongst you. Amongst the other Anbiya, other Prophets, on Yom Al-Qiyamah. We understand that from this Ummah, the Ummah of Muhammad Sallallahu is that we are seeking, or he seeks for us to be from those that are great in number. So he can boast great numbers of his Ummah when they're brought forth. As we understand and as we know, Barakallahu Fikum, that they are some of the Anbiya that will come here on Qiyamah and they will have one individual with them, meaning one follower. And the Nabi may come and he have two followers. The Nabi may come and he may have a small group of followers. The Prophet وسلم, wants to be from those that has the great number. Yeah, a great number of followers. There's no doubt can occur by way of having many offspring from those that are amongst the Muslims and those from the Ummah Muhammad Sallallahu have many offspring. However, of course, this cannot occur if, again, when the husband calls the wife to the bed, she refuses. Indeed, from the affair of marital relations, from the benefits of marital relations, that brings about offspring as well. And so what we understand from this is that the fact that these goals are not achieved when the husband is refused by the wife or when the wife forsakes the bed of the husband, the fact that these goals are not achieved and we know that this particular action, i.e. the refusal, is one that is of great evil. And hence why the la'an, i.e. the curse of Allah ta'ala is mentioned in regards to it and in relation to it. Because much evil can come from it. And so this narration of that is a warning to the wives when it comes to the mu'amala they're dealing with their husbands. 
and that just as it's a case where everyone has their rights, whether the husband or the wife, the person will be striving to fulfill the rights of that respective spouse. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. You know, the, this the fear of uh, not uh, get, not getting pregnant. This is a fear, fear of fear not don't want to get don't want to get pregnant. Fear. This yes. is fear. I don't want to yes. get pregnant. So they has to do haram technology haram. Oh, the the terms uh, of the contraception. Yeah. Is haram? Do you know that? No. It's yeah. haram. haram. I just thought there's a lot of speech about the contraception. Then, no doubt. If a person says that they don't want to get pregnant, they have to have a legislative reason for not being, for not having a child. They can't just say that I don't. I I'm worried about not having a child, or what? So I'm worried about having children. No doubt, children are a blessing from Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, and they shouldn't uh, negate that blessing. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala.